You so, want to talk a little bit about Leo? Well, I was yeah, going to say, yeah. so why don't we talk about Leopedia? Because I saw that, you know, you're using like WordPress, which I'm familiar yeah. with and obviously, you know, uh, makes it user friendly, so to speak, because you can kind of almost like give other people accounts and whatnot, or you can just right. approve, you know, hit, hit the approve button for comments. Um, you know, I experienced that with my website a little bit, um, not to the same extent, but I think it was smart to build it um, out that way. But um, what's the game plan for Leo, Leopedia in terms of um, the content? What's the, you know, big picture? Um, yeah, the, uh, I mean, it's going to be all, I mean, right now it says the world of blockchain. I know Ron pointed that out too. Uh, this is just a placeholder. So it'll be like the world of finance and okay. then all sorts of content about, it's kind of like Investopedia yep. um, mixed with uh, like crypto. So just finance and crypto. Well, yep. I mean, then, I have a question though. Hold on. So, I mean, it does, you know, somewhat go against the grain because I mean, you know, Leo finance isn't just crypto and blockchain. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, there's that thing about kind of like, you know, be the, be the master of one lane, so to speak. So right. like the world of blockchain definitely is more focused and more specific and it could be everything that is cryptocurrency and blockchain and that, you know, you, you know, hopefully becomes the lead source for all that information. So it's like yeah. if someone wants to know something about crypto or blockchain, they know where to go. They go to Leopedia, right. um, which obviously, you know, um, sticks it in a compartment. But at the same time, you have that, you know, single source, so to speak, as opposed to, you know, it's everything that's finance, crypto, blockchain. And now it's just like, I don't know, it becomes more generalized. So yeah. each, each, has a pro, each has its pros and cons. Right. Basically, that was just a long winded way to say, don't discount the idea of calling it the world of blockchain or the world of crypto. I mean, it's something you may still want to think about. Uh, it doesn't mean yeah. you should do it. I'm just saying it's something that's worth reviewing before you kind of make a final decision. Yeah. Well, and I think we can, we can pivot pretty easily too. So if we, if we start down the path of doing just crypto and blockchain and then decide to add in some finance or, or we could just be heavy crypto and blockchain with a little bit of finance. Um, as long, I think as long as the site stays organized, it'll be fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion, uh, you know, I, I cast the net right now and see how many fish you can get. Um, I think that because cause crypto in general has not hit the, the masses yet, but in particular, um, as the onboard, onboarding process continues, you know, you may get folks that don't know anything about trading. So, you know, um, kind of goes back to the, to the whole mission statement, really. Um, yeah. You know, and, um, you know, to be honest, I can't contribute much because, uh, you know, blockchain and crypto is not my world, you know, so. But if um, we had a TA section of the site for your technical analysis guides, you could fill that up. Correct. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying that if, if you if you made it specific, right. um, you might not get the contribution um, that you could get. If, if, if it catered to, to a wide audience, that's all. Yeah. But, um, obviously this is a, this is a stepping stone from, um, you know what it was, right. It was, it was a, uh, it was just a link really. Right. 
yeah, I mean, this is what it looks like on, uh, on, uh, right now it's on leofinance.io. Right. But the problem is that, um, it's built on condenser, which is like, uh, the, the interface backend and it's yeah. pretty, it's pretty tough to do any type of, uh, customization on condenser. Yep. And like any, anything you do affects the rest of the website and it's, it's a mess. I tried to do a bunch of stuff with it, but in the end, I think WordPress is a lot better. For sure. I mean, most of the, the heavyweights, bigger sites, most sites out there are using uh, WordPress. So yeah. Yeah. And it's something that people are familiar with. So, you know, um, kind of like the uh, Wikipedia format, you know, people could, could uh, contribute. So can you go over a little about the process? If there's folks that want to contribute, it goes through one funnel. Um, you or whoever would be approving the content. How, how would that work? Yeah, so we still have to work that out a little bit, but it would basically be um, once somebody contacts me on Discord uh, or somewhere else and says that they want to contribute, uh, then I would give them a WordPress author account. So they would I log into leopedia.io uh, with that account. And then they create a post like they normally would. Yeah. And then it would be submitted for approval. Um, and then I would probably just manually approve, yeah, manually got, approve them or give them feedback. Gotcha. Uh, if something needs to be changed. Gotcha. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot easier than what we've been doing, which is where people just send me a doc file and then I yeah. just kind of edit it and upload it to, uh, to Leo finance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's definitely tedious. <laughs> yeah. Totally no, where's, bottleneck. Where's, where's the, um, where's the glossary at? Is it, is it up? up yet i'm i'm actually working on it right now let's see if i can get it okay um but yeah i mean i still have to populate all these pages okay got you well, what ah okay so this is a web page so basically this is still a work in progress the actual oh, definitely. Like, guide yeah gotcha okay so where yeah, would I've, i'm sorry go ahead no, I mean, I'm just everything's still, uh, still definitely a work in progress. So this is like early, early version. Now, can you? What's the the categories up 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 at the upper right? That um, oh, this drop down. Uh, yeah, blockchain. Uh, yep. These still have to be filled out too. But um, okay. Yeah, so we'll have all sorts of stuff here. Like, uh, if we want to have a technical analysis section, I got you. Uh, crypto hive. Okay. Kind of stuff. Tutorials that would. Um, that would include not only how to the onboarding, you have some onboarding uh, content there. Yeah. All yeah. sorts of uh, things about Leo, things about Hive, yep. uh, even Bitcoin. I did a MakerDAO tutorial on how to open a, one of those CDP vaults. So I'll throw that up on here too. Got it. So stuff like that. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. What do you guys so think what, of what, the... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. What do you guys think of the uh, Hive Stats website? Yeah, so so what's um what's been the uh, the feedback thus far? Really good stat wise um, too. Do you have any uh, updated stats at all? Um, on the website itself. Yeah. Like on the traffic. Yeah, because you mentioned the first couple of days, it was uh you know it was, it was nice um it was a nice uh what's the word. Uh, feedback, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah, on uh, on the post, we got a lot of feedback, a lot of things that people wanted 
uh, updated and changed. Um, so that helps because we're working on the second version already. And then um, as far as traffic, we got, I think we got like four or 500 the first day. Yeah. Okay. We're getting about three to 400 each day. Very cool. Which is pretty solid for a, for a brand new website. So, so what, what are, what, what's involved? What are some of the other uh, features for Rev Rev two? Um, we're going to pop out to you. Hive engine tokens. So there'll be a section here somewhere for, uh, for hive engine stuff. Okay. Um, so you'll be able to track like, uh, Leo operations, like say, say last month you sent, uh, in order to the market to buy a hundred Leo, it'll show up in that tab. Okay. Okay. Uh, like trade history, things like that. Very cool. And then, uh, performance stuff. Cause the site is a little bit slow sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed the tabs were, there was like a lag with the tag. Yeah, it's a it's an API issue. So we're actually going to build our own API for for Hive data. Okay. And then we may even let people access the API too. So that could be a whole nother uh, whole nother thing, which we could we could actually do. Uh, I was thinking we could do a Leo subscription, where uh, other applications could access the API, pay a little bit of Leo. Right. So it's like a accessing the API would be like an open source thing where people get receive the data and then and then create whatever they want to create or, or see in terms of yeah, the data. They would, uh, yeah, they would just access the API and then it's kind of like uh, Steam SQL. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No. It's, uh, I think Arcange ran it and it's um, like you just pay like 20 SBD a month or something. Okay. And you get access to uh, to uh, his SQL database okay. for Steam. So it'll okay. be something like that. Gotcha. So you guys want to take over and do uh stocks equities everything yeah so so um just before we move on um um have you seen an uptick in in the uh delegations in terms of uh people um i don't know my uh my my uh crypto lingo or hive lingo but are people delegating Delegating yeah uh, leo voter yeah yeah it's uh I haven't really advertised it that much yet. Right. Um, up until like the last post we did. Yeah. Uh, but since then, I think we went from like 45,000 to 67,000. Okay. That's okay. Got that. you. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah. I noticed it was on the, the bottom of the, of the posts regarding the, um, the hive stats. So. Yeah. I'm going to start throwing that at the end of each post so that yeah. we can uh, start to build it back up. Yeah. Cause it, it kind of took a dive after uh, we transitioned from steam to hive. Yeah. I understand understand so what are you guys thinking for the markets huh <laughs> um well check it out uh here's a couple of um couple of stats all right you know again i'm, I'm trying to be a student of the great depression but um in no particular order uh, you know, you got Dr. Fauci, you know, he's been talking about a second wave, right? Um, you know, a second wave potentially coming in the fall. Um, then there was something that came out by the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy. Um, they're saying uh, the pandemic won't end until 60-70% of the human population is, is immune to the virus, right? Um then you got, you know, we just experienced the fastest uh, bear market in history, um, the fastest snapback in 80 years. 
Um, you know, what does all that mean, right? So uh, history repeats itself and, um, you know, a depression is not out of the question um, at this point. So uh, Great Depression crash, um, it then rallied 47%, um, and then it dropped um, 80%, right? So the second wave, you know, I keep hearing it, you know, um, I think uh, there was, my wife sent me something via text that uh, the mayor of New York City, he's trying to get funding so people can have AC, um, especially the elderly, you know, because that, that's going to be crazy, you know, as, as it gets hotter, right? Tensions are going to increase, people are going to want to go outside, you know, so, um, but, you know, we raved about Hong Kong and, and South Korea and China and how diligent they were with uh, controlling uh, COVID. But now there's, um, there's second waves uh, uh, in, in uh, Asia and um, to the point where China's now reclosing um, schools. Um, they're locking down um, certain aspects of, of uh, cities. Um, so it's real. And then I came across an article stating that uh, states are going to let the the lockdown expire and and regardless open up right it's it's a it's a it's a double-edged sword um I, you know we we can't continue to keep the country locked down but um you know so i was talking to a, a gentleman at work he's in his 60s right and and it's i wasn't expecting him to say this right but he's saying um you know he thinks it's not you know he thinks it's nothing big, you know, it's like the flu, he thinks the media is twisting things. So I'm saying, okay, when PA opens up, are you going to go to the to a restaurant? He's saying, for sure. I said, you're gonna to go to a movie? He said, for sure. And me, I'm not going anywhere. Um, you know, now I'm coming across articles where obviously restaurants have to reconfigure their, their uh, stores. Um, some may be running at 25% capacity. Obviously, that's not enough to cover overhead. Um, and what's the incentive now for p people who are making less than 40K to, to go back to work when they're getting an extra $600 a week? Um, so those lower-income folks, they're making on average $134 more per week. So what's the incentive? Now, I agree with the government in that they got to give out more money. They ha they have to. Um, so they're talking about this, uh, what was it, unemployment extending to uh, January. Um, you know, but there's no incentive for people to go back to work if they're making more. Plus, people, you got people like me who are scared. So it's, it's I don't know, this, this thing is going to just, I don't know, it's going to drag. It's going to drag out. And um, I don't know, man. Um, again, I, I'm scared. I'm scared. You know, again, I don't know how to shoot a gun. Um, I don't know how to hunt for squirrels. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I heard something uh, recently. I didn't check up on it. But the, the mean age for the people dying from COVID is actually higher than the mean age of the actual death rate. So like the normal death rate 
it would be like, I think the mean age is like 82 for COVID uh, for deaths. Really? I didn't check up on it, but yeah, I mean, I heard it on, uh, on the Joe Rogan podcast. So I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I mean, it does. You know that it's, it's, it's uh, detrimental to the elderly because they have their, their immune systems are are compromised as they they get older. But what's, what's crazy now is I'm sure you guys have heard little kids are coming down with this syndrome. Yeah. They're coming down with some type of different strain of it right i thought i saw something about that but i i don't know yeah i mean but the the problem i think like what your friend was talking about with the media is that they're they're twisting it because um if the mean age is is over 82 let's say but then all the stories that the media is reporting on is uh is about people who are younger who are getting it so everyone thinks that oh if you're 20 you're gonna get it and die yeah. Even though the majority of deaths are happening at the upper range. Yeah. But you yeah. know what? It, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's discrimination. It's discriminating in terms of, you know, the mortality is attacking the, the, the elderly, but, um, it's not discriminating. You know, it's, 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 in my opinion, it's, it's, uh, it's hit or miss, you know, um, Von Miller, I was just reading an article about Von Miller, you know, he has asthma. He got it and he almost died. Yeah. You know, um, but even if you're healthy, it's hit or miss, you know, um, it's a luck of the straw, really, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I have asthma and I'm, I'm not going anywhere for a while. I'm going to sit at home and wait it out. Yeah. You know, so might as well. Um, you know, so I say that, to, I say that all to say that, I actually went short uh, Wells Fargo. <laughs> I bought um, uh, some leap uh, put options because um, the research I've done on them, obviously, well, not obviously, but I didn't like them for what they did a couple of years ago when they were uh, creating fake accounts to uh, beef up their uh, sales. Um, so I was uh, against Wells Fargo to begin with, but I didn't realize they, they did not have an investment um, side of their their company, so um, the only revenue is coming from uh, you know their branches. So, you know, as people become unemployed, um, you know, then they're, they're not going to they're not they're not going to be using the the bank's services for what? They're not going to get any loans. Um, they're not going to want any loans, right? I heard the savings rate is going up, right? So. Um, and then, uh, what's his name? Buffett. He's getting out of the, of the, of the banks. He got out of, uh, Goldman Sachs this past week. Um, and, uh, us bank Corps, I think. So, and if, if you follow the, the sectors, you know, the banks haven't really rallied along with, uh, the rest of the market. So, you know, that's, that's a sign of, uh, or should be a sign, you know, I post this thing every Monday. Um, every Monday is a post dedicated to tech and the business sector. And I'm following those two sectors because they make up, say, 40% of the S&P. So the markets will not rally or continue to go up without, we know tech is tech, but without the banks getting involved. So... Um, I don't know. 
Now, I think, uh, Neil, you still in your um, IWM puts? I am. Okay, yeah. So, you know, um, for our for the bears in us, um, you know, the markets. I don't want to. I don't want to say they're breaking down, um, but they've been they've been stalling for weeks. And uh, you know, Mitch and I, you know, um, <laughs> we're keeping hope alive. And uh, stalling or or consolidating. I mean, honestly, when I when when I look at the charts, sometimes I'm like, you know what? We literally might just be coiling up to make another leg higher. Who's uh, who's showing the charts? Up to you guys. Uh, oh, I'm you sorry. Guys. I don't even have them queued up. So I'm sorry. I got something. I got something in the background. I'm sorry. That's that's uh, different. Uh, so who wants to share? Hey, I'll get you. There you go. But I mean, at this point, there's. I really feel like. The market's going to be more dictated by, you know, the ebb and flow of the coronavirus um, than the financials. I mean, obviously, you know, a couple months from now when Q2 earnings start coming out, it's going to be ugly as hell and that might, you know, knock down the market. But if you think about the economy on a whole, like, yeah, there's going to be an ugly gap, so to speak, you know, but everyone is expecting that. As far as the impact of the overall economy, it's going to be interesting because spending will probably be down. Why? Because people are saving more? Because if you think about it, the way the Fed is throwing money at the economy and throwing money at people, how much is actually even missing? Like, think about all those people you talked about that are actually earning more on unemployment. They're going to make more on unemployment until January. I mean, because even if that bill doesn't get passed, some form of bill is going to get passed, but unemployment gets extended. Totally um, agree. Totally agree. Anyway, I mean, it's just like back in the day when they did it. I mean, I remember during the Obama administration, I knew people that were on unemployment for like a year and a half, making more money on unemployment than they did in their, you know, their menial job. I mean, I literally personally know people telling me this and telling me how they were throwing unemployment parties the week of their last unemployment check because, they were, <laughs> you know, the party was over. So, um, you know, that money that's being brought in by these people, is that being saved? I don't know. Are they spending it like they normally would? Um, I guess technically they could save and still spend the same amount because they're making more. Well, so, well you know. The, about, <laughs> chances that are low. Exactly. So, so they're going to spend it, but that's my point. We're talking about, let's say, let's just, it's eventually going to be like 30 million people probably, right? We're talking about 30 million people that are seeing no real change in their income outside of maybe a one-month pause where nothing came in right? Which is that gap that everyone basically has assumed. Like everyone knows, it's like, you know, Q2 is going to be a, basically an aberration, a waste, you know, everyone expects it to be freaking terrible. So at that point, economically speaking, you know, what brings us down? I mean, obviously I'm with you. I, I look at historical patterns and I talk about that, but like, I don't know that we can have a great depression because in the great depression, the government wasn't throwing money at people like they are now. If anything, we're, gonna have, we're, having the, we're having the shift to the great socialism. So it's, it's interesting. Um, so that's why I believe that the market is going to be more dic dictated by the ebbs and flows of, you know, the coronavirus and, and, and possible second waves, which, I mean, it's already happening. Uh, I think it was, I saw yesterday, uh, what was it? It was either, I think it was South Carolina. 
literally in the week that they reopened beaches, they also had their highest death toll from coronavirus. All the um, states, all the states yeah, now. Texas reopened and they had, a, they had a huge spike in cases. You know, Florida has been reopened, you know, for a week or two now, depending on your county. But, you know, my county was one of the later, you know, last counties to uh, open. And, um, you know, they're technically, they opened beaches last week. They opened restaurants 25%. They're actually, as uh, come tomorrow, restaurants are allowed to do 50% capacity. So they did one week at 25% and they're already going to 50%. And I had friends call me up this week and, hey, I got a reservation at Rocco's Tacos. You want to come join us? And I'm like, hell no, I don't want to go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, and people, listen, that's the difference between us and you talk about, you know, China and Korea and, you know, you're talking about like communist territories that can literally tell their population right. what to do. Right. No one here wants to freaking listen. Right. You know, people are like, F that, I'm going to do what I want. I mean, I got a buddy that was, you know, uh, took a picture on, uh, you know, he's on a flight uh, back on Thursday and he was pissed because they forced him to wear a mask. He wasn't going to wear a mask, you know, but they wow. made him. And he was basically, you know, blasting a Facebook post about, you know, whatever, you know, losing his freedom of choice and blah, 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 blah. So I think that's one of the biggest problems our country is going to see is that, you know, our freedoms are going to bite us in the ass in a way. And that's why I think communist countries are actually going to do better with this virus than we do. Yes, so great. Yeah. Great comment. So, great, great comment. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, although I though, say, although South Korea, um, um, are they democracy? So. It could be, I don't know. I'm mainly just thinking about China, they, but, but, they, but they were, they were more proactive, you know? Well, they, and think about the culture though. Like if you go to Japan, right. Think about that culture compared to America. You go to Japan, go on, get on a fucking train in Japan, and it, it, you could practically fucking eat off the floor. Like, it's such a respectful society. Everyone fucking cleans after themselves, you know? And then you get on a New York subway, and you, you, know, you don't even want to touch anything. <laughs> you know, just the smell half the time in the subway. You don't even want... It's just like... It's not like that in, in somewhere like Japan. It's very, very cleanly, you know, culture. I mean... I remember when I was in Australia and I just remember taking the trains there and I was thought about how like clean the trains were. And my buddy told me, he's like, he's like, it's all relative. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like this. He's like, our trains are considered uh, disgusting to most Asians. He's like in Japan, you can fucking eat off the floor. And meanwhile, I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, this is immaculate. immaculate. Like, I think I saw one newspaper laying around the whole fucking train. (laughs) So it's a a big cultural thing. And I think it's going to, be to America's detriment. And again, I think um, for us that are shorting the market, at this point, my viewpoint has changed over the last month. And I think it's coming down to the ebbs and flow of the coronavirus and less about the you know economic impacts um, in terms of the nearer term. Hey, Americans uh, learn to uh, clean up after themselves and be respectful. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Hey, Neil, go put up uh, Apple for me. Apple, sure. You know, so Apple is a, it represents the, the U.S. equity markets. Um, you know, it makes up, I don't know, 3 to 5% of the S&P and or uh, the Dow. So uh, Apple's one that I, f- I follow. Um, to get an idea, a quick gauge of where the markets are going. Um, 
you know, that pattern is the same exact pattern as the S&P. Uh, so, you know, I was I saw something on Twitter. They were saying that the uh, book to value of Apple is is and the uh, P.E. is the highest it's been in five years. Um, yet the dividend yield um, is the lowest in five years. So, um, but, but that's fundamental versus technicals, right? Um, you know, regarding the stock market, there's just this disconnect still between Wall Street and Main Street, Main Street being what's going on in the economy. Um, and I give the feds uh, nothing but respect for what they've done. You know, they maybe learned and, and from 08 and are reacting. Um, you know, to your point, Mitch, it's going to come down. It's really the Fed versus um, the virus. And um, I don't know. Yes, Fed's done a great job thus far. Um, but do they have do they have the stamina? Um, well, can I throw something out there that you know? And I know Neil's going to love. So I was listening to. Uh, legendary investor Howard Marks. He was uh, on the Tim Ferriss podcast uh, recently and he had put something out. I don't even know where it was. Some kind of social media. It might've been actually Reddit or something, but he had put something out, you know, kind of being facetious about, you know, talking in regards to all the money that, you know, the Fed's giving out and how it, you know, impacts the U.S. dollar and, you know, when, when is the breaking point? Like how far can we go? And he's just like, what happens if the Fed gives every household a million dollars. He's like, it adds $330 trillion to, to, to the deficit. What does that do? Does that even, you know, does that, does that have a negative influence on the US dollar or, or not? Like, what's the point? Like, how far can they go? And, you know, it was meant to be a joke, but he also, you know, wanted to get that in, you know, people's brain space in terms of what would happen. And I thought about it, I'm like, F it. Like they should do it. It probably won't. Like what? What would it change? Like what's the break point? Well, it would eliminate all mortgages. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it would. Well, so maybe that's good. It eliminates all the debt. Well, maybe so, our. Um, then it's truly nationalized debt, Neil. That's true. It's monetized. Maybe maybe our uh, SLV ETF silver uh, options call options with uh, skyrocket i'm sure oh yeah but that, the point was like they're going to keep printing money they're going to keep giving out money at what point does it have negative no, consequences? no i'm with you i'm with you because they should have already like the negative like where like inflation not happening gold silver going up yeah but not really happening like we're not getting the impacts that we expect to get i mean and we didn't even really get them that much in 2008 if you think about it well it, it, it goes into so you know, if you go back to the 08 crash and you, you heard all the people talking about, you know, the Fed's printing trillions of dollars, it's going to result in inflation, all that kind of stuff. Uh, what they got wrong was that that money never made it to Main Street. It was just, mm. it just stayed in the financial sector. Ah, uh, okay. And, and so far, it's pretty much doing the same thing. And that's, uh. <laughs> that's what's causing the stocks to go up. Meanwhile, 30-something million people don't have jobs. Well, can you can you elaborate on that? Oh, oh, okay, yeah, you're right, you're right, because it's going to some of the the heavy hit hit it uh, industries, correct? Is that what you mean by it's 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 
staying in the uh yeah i just mean it's it's staying in in the investment sector yeah, yeah. those are the guys who are uh who are getting the money and are using that money to buy stock essentially well, even the lending programs, right? like, you know, Paycheck Protection Program and all that, that's mm -hmm. still centrally going through a bank. So, oh, like, yeah. I, yeah, like, I mean, I know, you know, a couple of business owners I know, like, they get those loans. Like, they literally worked with their bank. I mean, I know one of them worked with his Bank of America guy, and, like, the loan was through Bank of America. Yeah, and, and the banks make 1% to 5% of the, of the loan value. Man, as, we need to a become fee. a bank. Hey, can you, can you uh, go to uh, IWM? I well, I just, I just want to point out one thing. Okay, yeah. So, so here we got March 23rd, which was my birthday, by the way, uh, oh, as, as low on the, on the stock market. <laughs> well, listen, my, my birthday's tomorrow, so hopefully that'll be the high. And we can yeah. <laughs> well, happy birthday. Thank you. Happy belated. Yeah. And then, you know, we see, so this is the M2, uh, or sorry, this is the Federal Reserve, Federal Reserve uh, balance sheet. This is basically, you know, when they started pumping the money, which is, you know, middle of March. And so they started printing money and that money went here and <laughs> there it is. Mm. So, so they're saying that by the end of the year, uh, the balance sheet will be 10, 10 trillion. Neil, can you drop a link to that, uh, yeah. chart in the uh, chat? I want to grab it just so I can uh, save that. So if it goes to 10 trillion markets go up. Uh, probably. Yeah. That's pretty crazy, that correlation, though. I mean, look so, at that jump. Look at that jump. Yeah. Essentially, In we what? have a so, – so essentially what all that – like literally it can't be any more blatant. You look at that, you look at the stock market, and anyone that wants to tell you that the stock market is not manipulated is <laughs> got wool over their eyes. Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, – it's – you know, if you want to get technical about it, it's Cantillon effects. Yes. Uh, the people who get the money first have an advantage. Um. But yeah, here's that. Oh yeah, the IWM. Okay, yeah. but we were talking about the. Okay. Um, so so, the, so potentially this, got a potentially got a, that M you got an M pattern there. Maybe. Um, but this this big red candle that was the day that uh, Powell got on TV and said, "Yeah, there's significant downside still." <laughs> okay. Yes. And and then Trump yelled at him per usual, per <laughs> usual, and then it, we started rallying. Yeah. Well, speaking of, so guys, um, and it actually impacted my decision um, um, coming into the market close on Friday because I thought about actually putting on some uh, short positions, um, you know, like whatever, you know, swing type trades because I still, like I think Boeing's a short, you know, still for the rest of the year. Like mm -hmm. they're not too big to fail. They just lost Delta. Delta's going to Airbus. Like I just don't see how Boeing's not going to get, you know, wrecked. But I didn't put the short on. I was going to do some like long dated put options because – Powell is going to be on 60 Minutes tonight. Oh. Yeah. So I'm oh. like, you know what? I'm not what, doing wait, wait, anything what, new. What, what time tonight? Uh, <laughs> when, whenever it was six, 60 Minutes, seven, seven? Eight, when are they on? I don't know when it's on. So which, which, um, which ETFs, at least on um, uh, TD, is it Ameritrade? TD, TD Ameritrade. Right. So uh, which, which uh, ETFs? There's certain ETFs that you can, you can trade after hours. So, knowing that, I, I, I'm sure the SPY is one. Um, uh, yeah, I may just, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I know options uh, go slightly after, not long, though. Like, uh, on the um, 
smart edge trader uh, I use through Schwab. I can trade options on SPY till 4.15. So you get like okay. an extra 15 minutes. Okay. Um, obviously, um, there's more going on. But you know, the, word, but. you saw the, the, the Lionel Richie uh, song, uh, commercials. Uh, oh, not yet. Right, right. So <laughs> that so, was, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that is TD Ameritrade. Yeah, so that's, yeah, I don't that's, know. I don't want to count with them. That should be a mover then in, in the after, uh, in the Globex hours. Well, and that's the thing too, like using that CFD site, um, it trades um, extended hours, so to speak. Um, so I've, I've used that to enter and exit uh, the spies like pre-market because a lot of times, you know, we'll see like the spies are down 100 points at 830 and then they just like rally for the next, you know, 45 minutes and then open, you know, slightly lower or vice versa. Yeah. Go to that spy again chart. It's something that I, I don't think I've been notice um or what's your es chart okay that's what it was you see all those um i just noticed that you see all those uh those wicks um Is down here? Up, uh to the right of um yeah all those wicks from like mid april that's all buying pressure yeah yep all buying pressure i don't think i ever noticed that so you got, you got, so that's what institutions are, are buying at mm. and keeping price kind of staying there. I, I, I mean, when I look, honestly, when I look at the charts right now, like whether it's the, you know, uh, E-minis or the, or the, or the spiders, I honestly think at this very moment, if it was just like, all right, make a new determination. I think it's a coin flip right now. That's why I really haven't, um, I haven't added to my, my shorts. Um, I did go, uh, not much. Uh, I brought a, uh, a DraftKings uh, <laughs> um, call option. Um, oh, wow. They got that on DraftKings now? Um, well, well, no, no, no. I mean, I brought I brought um, call oh, option. Oh, on, on DraftKings. Draft. I'm yeah. sorry. I thought you meant they were spreading stuff. No, they got no, on no. DraftKings now. <laughs> not yet, right? Oh, that'd be sick. Um. You know what, though? Honestly, with no sports going on, they're looking to spread anything, so. <laughs> well, they are. They said they, it's, it's, it's ill. They, um, uh, I, I got to do more research. Um, but obviously, you got the, uh, you got the fantasy football. Um, Madden, Madden 2020 tournament just finished, so I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> they got their own. Well, they got their own um, uh, league where you can place bets. And the games are, are televised on, on uh, YouTube. That's crazy, man. Um. But no, I saw some um, bullish activity on, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. It was Wednesday. Um, I saw like 40,000 contracts being bought for the contract that expired this Friday. Uh, they, announced, they announced earnings. That's why. Calls um, or puts? Uh, calls. And I mean, uh, strike price at $30. $30. And, but I went, out, I went out to January. Um, you know, uh, so we'll see. You know, it's it's not much. Just to, it just keeps me interested. I mean, why not follow the money? Maybe uh, it gets a nice pop on earnings. Well, because if you think about it, there's probably a somewhat less informed opinion that you know it's been a bad time for DraftKings because obviously there's no no sports going on, but they're doing all this esports stuff. And if you think about the season, it's not football season right now. So it's like, all right, yeah, they lost out on basketball, which is probably the second biggest moneymaker and baseball starting. 
but that bellwether, the NFL, isn't going on right now. So maybe the offset of lost earnings has been a lot stronger than people expect, and that'll be, quote-unquote, a surprise going you know, into earnings. Yeah, well, the earnings happened already, and um, they did not meet expectations. However, they said that um, the virus won't be impacting their business moving forward. Oh, I thought you said earnings were next week. No, no, it was this, this past Friday. Ah, uh, okay. So it was, it was an earnings play. And what kind of killed it was, I think the markets were down on, uh, what was it, Thursday? But then it came storming back on Friday. Um, Man, and that's it, a hell of a candle. <laughs> and it, it didn't get to the $30, but, um, you know, uh, I decided to buy myself some time. See that's what sick. You, I mean, look at the run that that stock has made since and, April. And you know what's funny? You don't have you don't have to be a you don't have to be a rocket scientist, right? To to you you this just looks have like to, a rocket trajectory, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's my thing: How come when Bitcoin doesn't move like that, everyone hate in the world hates on it, but when stocks do this, it's like, oh my god, it's awesome! It's gonna go higher. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you just gotta understand what's what's kind of you just gotta be aware of what's going on outside. Because I'm I'm saying, okay, yeah, this this was a given. You know, Zoom, given. Um, beyond me, that was a given, only because I knew that they were, you know, plants, meat processing plants were being shut down. Um, you know, some of these things are like a given, in my oh, opinion. Come on, Rowan, what are you doing, man? You got, you, you got that uh, foresight. You got to open a hedge fund. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not smart enough for that. I, apparently, I don't, I don't notice these things in the future. I'm stuck uh, in it now. You know, so even uh, what Clorox, right? Uh, a couple of months ago, can you put up Clorox? You know, it's like some of these things, givens. You know, um, what's another one? Uh, you well, know, even Walmart. Walmart, you got um. After you put on Walmart, go to um. Go to uh, what's the uh, 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 Kroger's? Go to Kroger's. And I was, I was, I was a bear on Kroger for the longest of time. You know, um, so what does this mean? Groceries, so all your staples. Go to Kellogg. Man, what a buying opportunity in Kroger there after that dump. You know, so it's like, you know, all these are afterthoughts. Um, you know, I, I, you know, these would these would have been nice swing trades. The problem is with all the all these. I mean. Like you said, it has to be minimum swing, if not a longer, even a longer point of view, because when it comes to the entry, you're trying to catch a falling knife. Yeah, I mean, if you're buying on this day. Like, yeah, like, where do you get in? Like, I mean, you could have bought, you could have bought at 59, you know, looking at it like it was a steal because you got, you know, a big pivot point there, you know, coming up, you know, at 58. And then you still would have, you know, took a, a good amount of pain. So go to, it, go to your it's monthly, tough. Go to your monthly chart. Let me see if I can uh, – uh, that candle there. Right there. Uh, right. Um, to, you know, go to 2013. Those two – those two – nope, go down. I see what you're showing. Those yep. two there. Those, t those two there were your um, monthly demand. So put a, put, a, put a rectangle from that – put a rectangle from 52. Yep. 
Boom. Down, down, down to, yep, right there. That's no your. No throwing um, knives for Rollins. He's got the <laughs> radar. That's your, um, that's your monthly demand from, uh, yeah, 2013. Obviously, it came down. Hit? I don't think that, that wick hit it, but it did it. I think it's just barely. Yeah. We got, I, I just, yeah, we just branded, we branded Rollins. We got a segment. Rollins, Rollins radar. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Find your stock exit and entry points. Yep. I, I do want to point out, though, on, on the SPX, you know, this, uh, let me zoom out here. Uh, this right here looks very toppy to me. I agree. So double, what does that mean? What are you saying? Double top? I'm saying that it looks like a, I mean, it is a double top. Right. And then it had a, a decent failure afterwards. Okay. So if it breaks this neckline um, or the support line, which is, you know, you pointed out is where the institutions are buying in in the pre-markets and, and whatever, you know, if that doesn't hold, then it's, you know, way back down. No, That's great point. Well, and, and what's interesting, Neil, we both kind of texted in chat um, during the week when it was breaking down. So on Thursday, when it opened lower and it first dipped, like we had basically broken that near-term channel that we had essentially were in. And yeah, I'm like, sweet. We just, I'm like, because I thought we were going to maybe hold it and, you know, maybe grind sideways. And when we started breaking down, obviously, you know, I'm starting to get a little excited because, you know, my S&P position literally was about to go positive. I mean, we ticked one point above my price and you know and i know your your iwm puts uh were back to break even and then literally at that moment the market turned around you know and had that that nice rally so um i don't like that it basically quote unquote broke down and then and then we bounced but at the same time what i have noticed is you're getting these um what's the word i'm looking for i don't know irrational moves that are taking things like quite a bit below and above levels which you know obviously is shaking the shit out of out of active traders. Um, my biggest thing is you know, and it has nothing to do with technicals. Is that my <clears throat> bullish case, and it's a shit bullish case, but it's the reality we're in right now. Is the disconnect that you know Rollin mentioned earlier between you know Wall Street and Main Street, um, and that disconnect can last for months and months and months, and we all you know we all know that through uh, through experience. So that's why as much as everything I'm looking at, I'm like, Hey, I think we should be going lower. And you know, hell, we just essentially broke lower and maybe rebounded, but obviously, you know, there's no confirmation of that technically yet. Mm -hmm. Um, we could just as easily fucking go to that six, one fib level. Yeah. I mean the, uh, this this fib level is definitely providing some resistance. Yeah, put your um, some support. So. Put on a put a put a two hundred on there. Two hundred moving average. You can't you can't make this stuff up. It's it's this crazy. I mean Thursday Friday move. You couldn't make that up. I mean right. everything pointed to a rollover. Um. Okay, it's not showing there. Okay, go to your, go to your sixty minute chart. Just want to show you guys something. And squeeze, squeeze, squeeze things up a little bit. Uh, the other way. I just want to see if it'll show up on here. No, it's not showing up. Um, SP, you on the SPX? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. No. So there was the reason why price turned at that twenty nine fifty around there. 
all right, to the to the left of that, where you have the gap, but on my futures chart, that was a 60-minute uh, supply zone. Um, now go to your IWM. I just want to show you something. Go to your 60-minute uh, chart. Let's see if it's there. Um, go to uh, go to go to a 30-minute. Uh, yeah, see this. This is not going to show the uh, the overnight. Okay, there you go. Uh, so I have an alert at the yeah at the 125. You see that uh that basin to your to your right. This one. Mm. Nope, nope. To your right. This one. And go up. Right there. I have an alert there. Mm -hmm. um, that's a that's a 30 minute supply zone. But I'm not I'm not I'm not adding on because it's it's in the middle of the range, you know, the 118 to 132. Mm -hmm. So uh, I anticipate that it's just going to be choppy there. You know, I need to see more confirmation that price is going to further decline before mm -hmm. I consider adding on. Um, you know, so I have a question for you guys because you know. We talk about, you know, there's double tops, but, you know, there really isn't a triple top. It's kind of, you know, the, the saying. So if we see the spiders and we see, you know, or and or IWM reach that 61 fib level, which is, you know, essentially coincided with kind of these recent two tops, you know, what happens then? Are we, you know, are you shorting more at that level? Are you waiting for a reversal? Are you waiting for a confirmation? I'm waiting um, for confirmation. But my, my number has always been not always but that that 3100 level is is where i'm saying you know price could get to but now you know that and 3, i'm with that, you on that that 3000 psychological level and that's where your 200 moving average is you know yeah. that's so that's really the next the well next if you look at where the two, 200 moving average is yes yeah, um just above 3000 i mean yes yeah, come down a little bit because i still have my eye on that uh 3025 level that's got uh some Serious prior tops uh, further back. Now you know the you know the the saying uh, what selling may go away or whatever. I was hoping that would be the case. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the problem is no one's going away. It's also because you know all the big money people go out to the Hamptons, you know, and people going on vacation and all that. None everyone of that's is, happening. Everyone is front of, in front of yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good point. All the Wall Street people are actually stuck home making more money. <laughs> oh, good point. Good point. Um, go to your dollar. So if the markets are going to turn, we need a dollar to go up. Um, you know, if the markets are going to turn down, that's what I'm saying, you need the markets to, you need the dollar well, I mean, to go. Look at that. Look at that wedge essentially, you know, being created there. We're going to get a breakout in one direction or the other. Yep. So, you know, 101 is the, your 101 level is, is the uh, ceiling at the, at the moment. Yep. So, and Neil. Your 99 um, is the bottom. It's a four. Educate the audience with the dollar. So, when the Fed <laughs> prints more or less, um, is that good or bad for the dollar? Uh, if only it were so simple. We could just trade that. <laughs> All right. What's the theory that doesn't seem to play out anymore? <laughs> so, if... All else being equal, uh, you know, Ceteris Paribus. Um, if that were the only thing going on in the world, the more dollars that are printed, the less each dollar is worth because you're not creating new value. You're just creating new money. So uh, if the Fed prints more money, 
then theoretically the value of the dollar should go down. However, uh, every other government's printing tons of money too. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I've got all these shitty choices. Which one do I go with? <laughs> yes, so, the race uh, to zero. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, what we've seen is that in, in the very worst parts is that people were, were dumping everything else and were buying the dollar. Uh, they were dumping the euro, they were dumping the yen, they were dumping whatever else and, and buying U.S. dollars. So, um, you know, and that's, that's what I call, not, not just me, but that's what's called the cleanest dirty shirt theory. Where it's like, you have all these dirty shirts. Which one's cleanest? Which one can I still wear? Which one passes the smell test? Um, so, uh, so people, you know, you know, went into the dollar. And, uh, you know, so that makes everything else fall in dollar terms, including the stock market. Right. So just to just to elaborate on what I was saying, uh, in theory, uh, the dollar goes up, the stock market becomes expensive in, in dollars. Right. Um, now, we were looking at the DAX thing a couple of weeks ago. Go to the DAX because I'm going to be. Well, and, and just real quick, the whole point of kind of like uh, having to bring that up was that, you know, if you look at the performance of the dollar over the last you know month. You would have maybe expected it to push lower, given the, you know, helicopter money that's been going on and it's sure. not so sure. that's why my whole thing is like you know despite how much the fed prints since the dollar's the world you know currency and like neil said every other uh you know um government is, is printing as well um that might bode well for the dollar you know at least holding on to some strength which therefore would bode well for you know um people betting on the short side but here's the deal and probably neil could elaborate on that <clears throat> you know the the dollar's the world currency um, not only governments, but corporations um, who have a lot of debt in terms of dollars, um, they're trying to get a hold of whatever dollars that are out there um, to reduce their debt. So that's mm -hmm. why the, the, even though yep. you got helicopter money, um, you know, dollars are, are at, selling at a, at a premium now. So mm -hmm. it's keeping the, the price of the dollar um, at least uh, leveled versus, versus going down. Now, you know, Guys, the tax. This, uh, I got to jump. I got the two o'clock call yep. coming in right now, but yep. uh, always a pleasure. And uh, I will see you guys later. Okay. Bye, right, fellas. Be good. All right. Yeah, we can. Uh, my suggestion is we can make this last comment because it's not the same without the four, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, in terms of the DAX, the DAX is the, the Germany is the largest economy in Europe. Yep. Um, so, you know, I follow the DAX uh, along with the, U.S. equities, um, you know, now that level where you got your cursor at, that's a, uh, a supply zone. But as you can see, if you draw your trend line, um, you know, uh, from the mid-March, mid-March and then up, right, you, you see it's, it, price is breaking that trend line, um, which, which might be a potential reversal, mm -hmm. um, you know. And I look, I look at the Nikkei as well. Um, you know, they're the, they're the first market to open. Um, they're also the last market to um, react to the news coming out of the U.S. Um, cool. You know, but you got a level there at, say, 2100 as well. Um, you know, so, you know, equity markets prices can go higher, um, but <clears throat> I don't know. We just have to pay attention to what's, going on as different cities and, and states open up again. But 
you know, if we need to uh, have any indication of what might occur, we just need to look at Asia because uh, things are, you know, coming back. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think sentiment is definitely negative, and it's it's really just a question of, you know, when are the are the are the manipulations of the the helicopter money and, and the emergency loans and whatever whatever other stimulus when do they run out of gas against that sentiment? Correct. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I, this is saying not quite yet, but maybe soon. <laughs> Yeah, and you know maybe soon is um, September, right? The airlines are saying they're already going to lay off. Um, they're just waiting for that that expiry on that that money that that obligation that they made with the government. Yeah. But they're already laying off. You got Boeing saying that expect one less airline in the in the U.S. You know, so um, you know the market is like a, and not in this case, but you know it's like a Titanic. You know, it takes time. Mm -hmm. So, yep. In any event. So that's a cheery thought. But, uh. <laughs> One last thing. Uh, well, can, we look at, right? <laughs> can we look at Bitcoin? Can we look at Bitcoin and high before we? Uh, yeah, yeah. We got Bitcoin right here. Um. So what? So what? The I guess the ten thousand level is the. Uh, that's that's the that's the magic number. Um. <laughs> so you know it it has kind of like this descending megaphone kind of thing going on. I'll, I'll ah, yeah, yeah, your megaphone, yeah. And um, so it's it's been pushing against the ten thousand. It's it's failed on the daily. You can see it's failed a couple times. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's looking, I don't know, a little bit toppy there. So uh, the the selling resistance here has been very strong, stronger than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's the catalyst now? The the having is is done. Well, I mean, the having is, is is not a catalyst in and of itself. It's just a it's a shift in in supply. Okay. So it's I mean, if you look back at the previous ones, it's taken anywhere from three to eight months for that really to to go through the market and for oh. prices to rise in response. Okay. So the catalyst is kind of like a, the ongoing supply shock, and right. and okay. hopefully, if demand is the same or higher six months from now, yeah. start to see it slowly take effect. Yeah, I mean, it creeps up, but it creeps in an exponential way. I mean, right. Shoots. Now, what about the miners and the hash rate? I mean, how is that affecting things? Yeah, well, so the miners, a uh, little Bitcoin tutorial, I guess. Uh, so uh, the miners, you know, they, they organize themselves in groups and they all contribute computing power to solve these cryptographic uh, problems. When they correctly solve a cryptographic problem and produce a new set of transactions, they are rewarded with um with what was before the having 12.5 bitcoin and they split it amongst themselves uh but now it's 6.25 so it got cut so the reward got cut in half that's what the having was and so now if you have uh let's say you have a warehouse full of uh, mining machines you know you have you have pretty fixed overhead it takes so much electricity uh, rent is whatever insurance is whatever so that's that's pretty fixed base cost and if you're now receiving half as much reward in, in nominal terms, either you have to have enough margin before the having to make that work, or prices have to go up, or you're just losing money. Mm. So, um, and there's been a lot made about the 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 hashing power on the network, um, and there are adjustments that are made internal to the Bitcoin system, where if if it gets too hard for too long, it can actually reduce the amount of difficulty. Um, but yeah, so something has to give, fundamentally. 
either there has to be fewer miners or there has to be a higher price. So if there's fewer miners, will that slow down the network? <clears throat> no. No? Okay. As long as, it's, as long as there are still enough to provide uh, security against one group taking over the whole thing. Now I heard the, the miners that did not upgrade their equipment <clears throat> are the ones that um, are at a disadvantage at the moment. Oh yeah, mining is an arms race. So you have to continually have more and more computing power to, to maintain your market share. Okay. So like I have back in 2013, 2014, I had these little USB sticks um, that would mine Bitcoin. And you know, you just plug them into your desktop computer and I made like 0.8 Bitcoin over a couple months. And uh, stupidly, I traded that for Ethereum. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I really bought into the hype of you know, smart contracts. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but I mean, if you plug those in today, you would make nothing. Uh, so you just have to continually upgrade uh, because you know, there's, there's only so much Bitcoin going around per block. And in order to get your share, you have to do more than you know, your predecessor. Got it. Can we look at Hive? Yeah, let's look at Hive. So this is Hive in BTC terms. Which I don't follow. I don't, I don't even know how people, well, I guess if you're intimately you know, involved, you, you, yeah. can, you could understand that the, well, like to the me, Bitcoin thing. I, I can't, I can't, I can't, it makes no sense to me. Well, I mean, it's, it's whatever your base is, right? So like to me, all crypto is based in Bitcoin because mm -hmm. Bitcoin is the thing that moves the market. Uh, so like if like this spike that we saw in Hive, I mean, this, this is showing that, you know, relative to the crypto dollar, for mm -hmm. example, um, you know, it was strengthening and then it's lost all that. Well, lost, not all, but what most of that strength. Um, so, you know, there are, I think, I think now there's one fiat pair against a uh, hive. Uh, Cal, you might know better than me. Um, yeah, I think there's, uh, what is it? I think it's USDT on, uh, on Bittrex. Okay. So we can, so we can look at that, but there won't be much history. Uh, oh, I just yeah. go uh, hive and then USD, I believe. That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Binance has, has, uh, against Tether and, Bitrix have has it against a dollar, and also against Huobi, yeah, yeah. So there's there's a couple pairs there, uh, but you know there's no there's no history. Oh, okay, I got you. That makes sense. Go back to your that that BTC. I just want to show you if you put a band, put a rectangle at that twenty five hundred, I guess three thousand level. You know, I'm saying that um, price will will won't go any lower than that. <clears throat> think so? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can you can look at this uh, this kind of exponential decay, and uh, it, it's it's basing. It looks like, and the question is, will this hold? <laughs> that, right. That is, that is the big question. Right. And, I've been trading uh, trading the spread on on Bittrex with just doing ladder limits on uh, at like what have I been doing? Like thirty four hundred to thirty eight hundred. I've been selling and 30. then buying from like. 33 uh, to like 2,800. And I mean, they've been filling on both sides because it's just trading in that range. Nice. And you've been, you've been, you've been buying what level? 28? Like 28 to like 32. Got it. Nice. Yeah, no, I don't think those 28s have gotten filled. I just have ladders going down. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> so I have, I have letters too, but they are at, uh, they're like down here. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I've, I've got ladders going, uh, going all the way down to, uh, to one K now. Um, yeah. but yeah, the ones that are getting filled are like above 2,800. Yeah. Like right around three. Yeah. That, that, that's an active traders game. Uh, yeah. If you want to I mean, I'm just playing around, but yeah. I, like, I don't think I'm going to make a lot of money from it and I'm half expecting hive to just tank one day out of nowhere. Just going to yeah. drop right to one K. That's uh that's pretty much what I expect too. Uh, yeah. You know, we had we had the buying frenzy, and I think that's over. <laughs> so the one K would be equivalent to what in U.S. dollars? Uh, like ten, ten cents if Bitcoin's around ten K. Right. Ten cents. Yeah. And we're at thirty-one cents now, right? Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, Cal, you you watch the the Binance wallet? What are they doing on uh, on liquidity? I think they're all right still. Um, I, I heard that they got close um, to uh, insolvency on that, but then they transferred in from, uh, they got another wallet. Uh, I forgot what it's called, but they, they've got two wallets. Uh, but I think they're pretty, I mean, I think deposits are high enough that they're, they're able to keep up because they opened up the deposits for Hive. So mm-hmm. we've still got nine or 10 million locked up. So. Yeah. So it would only make sense that yes, Hive does continue to go lower before it goes up again because of, I'll say the Binance stake. Does that make sense? And a, yeah. a big chunk of that, I guess, uh, Justin Sun owns. Maybe, or maybe he already withdrew it all. It's hard to say. Mm. But I think you would, you would, you would think that they would. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Because I, I mean, in the past we've seen from the Binance wallet that he's withdrawn ahead of other users, like that. Like the wallet opens up, and within a few seconds, he already has his Steam. But then so, I'm thinking, but I'm, then I'm thinking though that then we would have seen a spike in Steam. Yeah, maybe he's not buying Steam though to prop it up, or or maybe not buying it as uh, as uh, vigorously. Yeah. Because, I mean, me and Gerber were expecting him to pump Steam. That's I what that's, we, yeah, I was, too. Yeah. We were watching I, Steam when it was going up to, like, 2,800, waiting still, for it to go up to, like... I still think it's waiting until all the power downs of the Hivers are done. You think they're all done? No, I think when they're done... Oh, when they're done. The, then those people will have left the system, and then he'll be more free to, to pump yeah, that resistance. Yeah. Look at all this going to Hobie. This is Hive. This is from the Binance wallet? Uh-huh. Oh, Gerber just said three to four more weeks. Justin is patient. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. So, so, Neil, say that one more time, what you just said. You think? So, so the, you know, the power down system takes 13 weeks. Uh-huh. And so what I think he's doing is he's waiting those 13 weeks. All the people who were on Steam and now on Hive are still powering down their Steam wallets. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, he's going to wait for all those to power down, wait for them to leave the ecosystem, and then when he starts pumping uh, up the price, they won't be selling into it because they'll already be gone. I got you. So do you take the risk then to uh, hold on to some of your steam, a big yeah. chunk of it? I am. 17,000 sitting there. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm not, I'm not moving it until um, the potential pump. And if it doesn't pump, 
So yeah. be it. Yeah, you're not losing anything. Cause right, exactly. Go down to zero. <laughs> exactly. But I, I also don't anticipate it going to zero either. Yeah. I don't know. I think it might. But uh, <laughs> in the in the short <laughs> Look at the Steemit uh, trending page. Uh, I've, I haven't Maybe been on Steemit in, in ages. I don't know. It's just... There you go. Oh, this is new. Little coin thing. Coin widget. That's all Korean. All right. Yeah. This is the trending page, right? This is just the front page, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I believe that's trending. Look at me subscribe to Steam Leo right there. There we go. <laughs> so, so yeah, Steam, I mean, Steam is pretty much, um, I guess, uh, I guess it maybe it was, no. Steam is now just centered in <laughs> Asia? Looks like it. Yeah, I mean, it's like all the, all the votes and, and rewards are going to Asian posts and, and uh, mostly to people who are just farming. Like the people who used to farm on Steam by posting like 10 times a day and self-upvoting it with huge okay. counts. Okay. That's, that's just basically taken over again. Yep. Yeah, Gerber said full farm mode and buying votes again. Okay. So, I mean, a lot of these posts that you're looking at right here are just one picture and maybe a line of text. Wow. Oh, there's a couple lines of text. You can, you can post a flower picture for forty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a little run-in with uh, somebody doing that. So I don't know for for anybody watching. Here's what not to do: don't come in the Leo Finance Discord and say, "Hey, why isn't my stuff showing up on on Leo?" Then get an answer saying, "Hey, you posted this stuff that wasn't finance related, and so you were muted. We'll take it off. Just don't do it again." And then immediately do the same thing again. Because <laughs> then you get a downvote from me. And despite all the whining that happened afterwards, the downvotes remain. And I downvoted <laughs> in Hive and in, in all currencies. So, yeah. Uh, I don't blame you. It's uh, so annoying. And some people, it's just like, I, I, I don't know what they're thinking with the, with the farming. They're just so used to it, I guess, on Steam. Yeah. 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 But, you know, the fundamentally you know in there there's a there's a there's the share of the inflation that you get which is your nominal steam revenue but then what is that steam worth and that this what that steam is worth is going to depend on other people from outside steam buying into steam so why are they going to buy steam so it can either just be it's an easy trading thing because it has such a low float that it's easy to, to push up and down uh, so there's some value in that, or you could actually buy Steam in order to, you know, be active on on Steam or Steam Peak or whatever. And uh, I I don't see that long term continuing. So mm. no, that makes sense. I mean, I'm I'm still in in powering down. I, hopefully, I have less than six weeks left. Yeah. Um, because uh, Gerber got on me. Um, as I was powering down, I was just using all of it to buy um, SIM tokens on uh, D-City. <laughs> and then he got on me and said, stop buying and moved it over to Hive. Um, um, so hopefully I got like six weeks left. And, uh, you know, uh, if I don't see anything happening within the next, say, four to eight weeks, then, you know, I'll do something with it. 
trying to get to that. Over there you go, Gerber. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll use it to uh, get to uh, maybe 0.5 uh, Bitcoin. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been buying a lot of Bitcoin with my uh, Hive and Steam. Yeah, yeah. Even, uh, um, I'm even converting some of my Ethereum, some of my other altcoins. I'm, I'm slowly becoming a Bitcoin maximalist, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to see some, some crazy stuff, uh, what's a good exchange? Electronium's been on fire. Of course, I can't trade on any of these exchanges, but... Damn. I have some from uh, a ways back, but... Uh, I tried to log in to see how much electronium I actually had, and they were doing some wallet maintenance or whatever, so uh -huh. I didn't even see. But I, it's on my, it's on my, uh, on my. I have an app on my phone with just you know favorites that I look at, and it posted like multiple like thirty percent days, which I guess are these guys. So did I don't know what's going on there. Did you sell some or, or? No, I couldn't even log in. So. Oh, okay. And then you know, if you look at, I don't have a, accounts on any of these exchanges. <laughs> Hobie, KuCoin, HitBTC. Yeah, I don't think I could buy it if, even if I wanted to. Yeah. Hey, what's the odds of uh, Hive getting listed on um, Coinbase now that there's, <laughs> what, 25 exchanges or whatever I don't know. That, that have Hive? I, I had a Twitter conversation with somebody, and they said they were, they were, at, they were uh, trying to reach out to Coinbase. And somebody from Coinbase replied saying, here's the link for stuff. And they're like, oh, progress. And I was like, well, you just got told to read the fucking manual. <laughs> I don't know if that's really progress. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if they I did, mean, it, would be, it would be huge. Yeah. I mean, the people on Hive, like the, the people who are pushing for exchange listings, uh, that ledger integration, I don't mm -hmm. know if you guys saw that from yep. that. Was, that was big. That's, yeah. that's big time. Yeah, I mean, that stuff never happened on Steam because there was no real uh, incentive and there was no sense of ownership. Right. Um, so I think Hive has a better chance than Steam did, but. Right, right. Still, and I mean, look point. at how many cryptos are out there that aren't listed on Coinbase that have bigger yeah. development funds and teams and stuff. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's how do you keep the momentum going is, is really the, the question. Um, question. You know, um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you keep the momentum going. Um, yeah, I mean, I still believe in Hive long term. I just don't. I don't know. This this price is questionable to me. Um, well, you I mean, know, I, I believe it'll continue to function. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, obviously, there was, you know, so you got you got three big green candles, right? There was really nothing to stop price from coming back down because mm -hmm. there was no um, demand as it was going straight up. Now, if you if it went up, right, based right consolidated went up maybe based mm -hmm. you know those will be your levels on the way down but that's non-existent yep so well this um, this this might be the base correct that's that's the level yeah. yeah you know i'm saying that um it holds there so you think it's going to hold above 3k from a from a from a technical standpoint you know that's the level where you would expect it to consolidate um at a minimum you know, if it breaks, if it breaks down further, then yeah, you're going down to that, that, you know, 1K, uh, 1.5, yeah. you know, 1.5K, 1.5K, uh, you know, level. But it's, it's back at a level where um, it's selling um, at a discount again. 
Maybe. You know, I I'm just not, I'm nervous to buy it here. here. <laughs> yeah, we've only got two months, so it's it's hard to say anything. I think. Well, no. So what you what you want to see? What I would want to see is I would want to see it base, and then this is the daily. Mm-hmm. I would want to see it close, ideally above five five. Pull back, and then move higher. On the pullback is where I would consider buying. So you want to see a cup and handle kind of thing? Um, if that's the cup and handle, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it makes sense. Yeah, yeah you but know, you you, you got you you got those wicks there at between five and fifty-five. Mm-hmm. That's telling you that there's selling pressure there. Yep. So once you close above that, that's telling you that the buyers are now somewhat in control because markets don't go straight up or straight down, then you would wait for a pullback before then potentially going long. Yep. So no, I wouldn't buy here either unless I have a five, you know, one to five year roadmap because I can't see prices overall in crypto staying depressed with fiat continuing to uh, become devalued. But and so what I'm saying is that I can't see Bitcoin staying at 10K if or every major central bank continues to print money. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I mean, if you look, if you zoom out here, uh, let's look at the monthly, right? Like, actually, that might be too big. Let's look at the weekly. Ah. Um, this is not uh, a stable level. <laughs> so whatever happens, it's not going to stay right there. So it's either going to get rejected and come back down, or it's going to push through and go up. Well, personally, the, yeah, I sold some switch. between 93 and, and 10K. Yeah, a smart move in my opinion. Smart move. Yeah. You know, again, if I, it goes I, higher, I still have a bunch. If it goes lower, I'll just buy back in. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I still like Mitch's level, 7,500-ish. Um, it's this guy right here. You know, selfishly, I don't, I don't mind if it went down to 5K. Yeah, I had no liquid funds when we had this drop to, to 3,800. That was, that was upset. <laughs> yeah. So Nice opportunity to double up right there. Yeah, almost triple. Uh, yeah. yeah. So we'll see. You know, you have, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? The billionaire. Paul Tudor Jones? Yes. Yep. You know, he said it's a great hedge. Fundamentally, right? You connect the dots, right? You don't yeah. need to be a rocket science. That makes sense. Yeah. And he bought it back in uh, 2017. And then he sold it, I think, near the top. Okay. He said, he said this is a bubble. I'm getting out. And then okay. he, now he's back. So yeah, he's a, definitely a smart guy. Yeah, um, I really like the uh, the Plan B's stock um, stock to flow model. Yeah, I don't understand. That puts that. us at a hundred k in uh, by the end of twenty twenty one, right? Uh, let's see here. Can you explain that before I, I get off? Sure. I, I I hear about it, but I don't I don't understand it. Are they talking about the stock market? No, no. They mean stock to flow in terms of like you know if a type of good has a great deal of stock, it has a great deal of inventory compared to the amount flowing. So like gold, there's a shit ton of gold in the world, 
very, very little gold is mined and created each year. So the, the amount of change is very small relative to the stockpile. But now uh, it's more gold than uh, Bitcoin, right? More gold is mined per year than, than uh, Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. In terms at, at of current, supply at current to value. Yeah. yeah. So um, basically, uh, he's done a bunch of regression analysis and compared it to um, the historical um, uh, models. And, and he came up with his latest iteration is the cross-asset model, where he's looking not just at Bitcoin itself, but looking at other similar kinds of markets like silver and like gold um, to come up with a generalized model. Okay. Which he does in this paper here. Um, and he actually has an equation for... Uh, there we go. Market value is is this right here, and this this uh, amount right there is the stock to flow ratio. Like how much is is added each year compared to the total stockpile, and that's just okay. a number. You know, it's, uh, so like in this thing here, the silver market is is uh, this gray point, and the gold market is this gold point, and this is a uh, it's a log log graph and this part is market value so basically the the less that is added to or subtracted from each year compared to the stockpile that means the more fixed the supply is essentially and the higher the market value as a result okay so now that the halving has happened uh the the flow has now been cut in half again Okay. And so based on that new value, he projects, uh, well, bottom line, he projects $288,000 sometime in that 2020 to 2024 window. Oof. Well, how, how has he done in the past? Well, I mean, it wasn't, he wasn't using it as a prediction before because, you know, it was four years ago. But uh, his, his prior models are these guys right here. So the blue points are the actual data points and the... And the colored circles are like the centers of those different data points. Okay, uh, got it. Okay. So it's, you know, decently close. Okay. And then uh, somebody a, a couple weeks ago did a, a similar analysis on real estate in terms of square footage, like total square footage in the U.S. Uh, for residential real estate compared to the amount of square footage that's added every year. It came up with a pretty decent fit uh, for this model. It was like within like 30, 40%. So uh, there might be something to it. Yeah, and I mean, even if he's even if he's twenty five percent right, and and Bitcoin goes up to fifty uh, k. Yeah, right. It's not. So bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not yeah, but if we look day. at if we look at the prior halvings, I don't think he has it in this. Oh well, here you can see the prior halvings. Uh, the the rise in price is quite delayed uh, compared to the actual halvings. Um, so this one was like, I can't really read. So that blue represents his band? Well, that blue represents the difficulty um, scores. So this one, this one took like a year, and this one took a year and a half, really. Yeah. I think it was Got like it. 370 days or something, and then 560 days for the second one. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Well, so, in that case, I better, get my, uh, I, better get, I better get up to one Bitcoin sooner than later. Yeah, I mean, I think you've got like a year at least. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm actually, I'm probably, uh, I'm probably gonna, yeah, 
I'm, I'm, I won't have time to use my earnings in D-City to get up to one Bitcoin. So <laughs> I, I, will, I will have to move some fiat yeah. over to uh, get to that one Bitcoin at some point. I mean, if we see 7,500, yeah. would you be a, a buyer with your fiat into Bitcoin? Um, I would probably add. I'll probably, yeah. I'll probably trickle in. Yeah. 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 That's a good, good point. You know, because if it gets above, if it gets above, you know, 11K, that's less incentive for me to get right. in, even though we're saying that it can go up 4X from, <laughs> from there. Yeah. But, but, you know, psychologically, yeah. You know, it's um, all psychology. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good point. I mean, looking at that chart, like, it would be hard for me to buy at 9,700. If I were trying, if I didn't have any Bitcoin, or I can't if I had buy. a little bit and I was I trying can't to buy, buy it. Yeah. I can't, you know, to, to, to Neil's point, I mean, you got those, those wicks, man, it's telling you, you yeah. know, this, this, this selling pressure. Yeah. But I, I think if we, if we, if we eat through this resistance at 10, I think we pop up to 12, no problem. I'll sell some more. <laughs> Go into tether and wait. <laughs> So in yeah. any event, fellas, I got to make some uh, turkey burgers. Yeah. That's right. been fun. Yep. Uh, you know, we'll see what everyone's doing midweek. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, fellas. All right. All right. Take Have care. Later. All right.